Hello, everyone. This is Stephen G. Fullwood, one of the co-hosts of The American Age, and Happy New Year. On this week's note, we celebrate the life of our beloved and now departed actress, comedian Betty White. She passed away on December 31st, 2021, only 18 days shy of her 100th birthday. Can you believe that? Born January 17, 1922, Betty was a pioneer of early television in the 1950s, and her career spanned over seven decades. What? <laughs> she was one of the first women to work both in front of and behind the camera. In 1953, she became the first woman to produce a sitcom, Life with Elizabeth, in the United States. Just fascinating. So think of it this way. Since 1930, Betty White has been entertaining somebody somewhere undoubtedly being hilarious. And that's pretty wonderful. And it makes me happy for her and for us. She began her career in radio in 1930, playing an orphan in the show Empire Builders. Between 1939 and 53, she did radio work, sang songs, volunteered for the American Women's Voluntary Services. And she had her own radio show, The Betty White Show. Over the years, she had at least two or possibly three more shows titled The Betty White Show. Betty was also known for her appearances on The Bold and the Beautiful, Boston Legal, and The Carol Burnett Show. Her biggest roles include Sue Ann Nivens on the CBS sitcom The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rose Nyland on the NBC sitcom The Golden Girls, and Elka, forgive me, I'm going to mispronounce this, Ostrov, Ostrovsky, Elka Ostrovsky on the TV land sitcom Hot in Cleveland. Never watched it. According to the Guinness World Book of Records, in 2018, Betty White has been on television longer than anyone else. And in a strange way, outliving many of her co-stars, her friends and family and husband, and us, her audience. Over the years, she's received numerous awards, Emmy Awards, American Comedic Awards, Screen Actor Guild Awards, and even a Grammy. She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and was an inductee into the 1995 Television Hall of Fame. So that's the gloss about Betty White. And now here's my take on my beloved Betty White. I think I first saw Betty White on a game show and she was on quite a few. Password, Match Game, Tattletales, To Tell the Truth, The Hollywood Squares, to $25,000 Pyramid. She was dubbed the first lady of game shows. It was probably Match Game, though. They came on around three o'clock after I got home from school. The host, Gene Rayburn, with his hilariously skinny mic. You remember those? And those suits. Oh, my God, those suits. As well as those boozed up celebrities. I just read that Match Game, they filmed Match Game a week of Match Game. So Monday through Friday on one day. And so celebrities would change their clothes. There was food and alcohol on the set. And by Friday, you might notice that everybody was a little tipsy. As a young, not quite fully conscious of it, homo and waiting, something about Butchie Brett Summers, who was married to Jack Klugman, who knew, and sassy Charles Nelson Riley really made me laugh. The risque humor I knew a little bit about, but mostly not because I was a kid. Puns, puns, puns. I think Betty was often seated in the lower row, the first of three next to the ubiquitous Charles, oh, excuse me, Richard Dawson. Yeah. Snappy comebacks are Betty's specialty, and she always seems so kind, right? Go check it out for yourself. And speaking of her smile, Betty White's smile was always fun to me. She smiled like she was enjoying herself. And I read somewhere, and I agree with the writer who wrote this, <laughs> the writer that wrote this, that Betty White seemed to be in on the joke. 
and she had a bevy of smiles to me. The sexy smugness of Sue Ann Nivens on the Mary Tyler Moore show, or the sweet, often ditzy Rose Nyack, who often seemed to be doing something fun or recalling some story about St. Olaf on the Golden Girls. I was 19 when the show debuted in 1985, and I loved it. At that time, the only actress I didn't know was Estelle Getty, who, fun fact, was a year younger than her daughter, B. Arthur, on the show. Not on the show, but in real life. Hilarious, right? There's something, something kind of special about a woman like Betty White, who seemed principled and thoughtful and the same damn person for those seven decades. I mean, she was on radio before she was on television. <laughs> I like actors and actresses who you know are playing a role, but at the same time, they disappear into it. And at the same time, they don't. I mean, there's something kind of remarkable about that quality, if you get what I mean. I'm not sure exactly how to explain it, but Betty White's acting sensibility seemed, she seemed to be playing the same person, but maybe different aspects of her own character. I'll never know. And I don't know if that makes any sense. But, but again, what I find remarkable about her is that no matter where or what I saw her in, I knew she'd be good. And I like that in a person, familiarity. It appears that 2021 had one more surprise for us, and that was Betty White will make her transition. I feel some kind of way about death in that if a person appeared to live a full life, what was, what's there to mourn? The celebration, you know? Not that they're mutually exclusive. This woman worked. We saw the evidence. She left an enviable record as an actress on film and radio. She's, she seemed to enjoy what she was doing, and that made me enjoy what she was doing. Something about that feels very triumphant for me, you know? Just a few thoughts. So with that, thank you, Betty White. Thank you for making us laugh and being around to share that lovely, mischievous smile with us forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of The American Age, and this is my note uh, for this week on uh, the late uh, Betty White. Um, you know, a lot of times when we have topics, I have some idea of what I'm going to say. Not that I've made up my mind about it. I spent some time thinking about it and, you know, maybe jot some notes down or maybe do some reading around the topic. Uh, I had no fucking idea what to say about Betty White. Um, you know, obviously I, I think like most people, I liked Betty White. She was funny and, you know, sort of vaguely aware of her since I was a kid because, you know, uh, the Golden Girls was a pretty popular sitcom in my household. Um, and was, you know, vaguely aware that she was pr approaching 100 and, you know, also aware that when she died, uh, you know, when she died, um, that there would invariably be questions about vaccines and COVID and all the rest of that nonsense. And not that COVID's nonsense, but, you know, or, but just, you know, it would potentially eclipse uh, the story. Not to say that it eclipsed it, but it certainly, you know, that was kind of an aspect of it on social media. Um, and I just really didn't know what to say. I don't, I'm not a big celebrity culture person, not in some like I'm above that kind of thing. You know, I am, will happily and mindlessly peruse gossip about, you know, famous people, uh, you know, so it's, it's not, I don't, 
mean to imply that I'm above it. I just am not that clued in to the things that happen. You know, I'm the big stuff, you know, I'll, you know, kind of know about, but, you know, for the most part, I don't really pay close attention uh, to it. So, you know, so I sat here and I was like, okay, what am I going to say about Betty White? And what, you know, I thought about the characters that she played and, you know, sort of what made her funny and, you know, the, the length of her career. Um, and, you know, so I went back and I, I did some reading about some of her major parts and certainly parts that I was uh, less familiar with or just I- ignorant of. And it struck me going back through this that for the most part, you know, with the Golden Girls almost being a counterexample because she kind of played against type because, you know, Rose, the character Rose was, you know, pretty dense. She played a very similar character, which is not unusual for comedians. Um, but, you know, her her shtick, which is basically that she has an appetite, right? And she has um, a sexual appetite. She has a mischievousness um, about her. There's a, a coarseness, um, a, a lack of shame about the various characters that she's played over time. And of course, that sh- that lack of shame or shame less, not without shame, but just less shame than, than maybe uh, many of us, uh, is something that has followed her and and has just morphed with the time period. And it's it's kind of women always, right? I mean, sort of what how societies. Uh, kind of lay out roles for women and not that they don't lay out roles for men. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. Of course they do. We do um, probably unavoidably. So, but in the West, in the United States, certainly women's appetites have always made us uncomfortable. Uh, And it's always been a source of comedy um, or a source of tragedy. Um, And, you know, sort of the time period, kind of takes whatever line or interpretation it wants on women's appetites that women, you know, can be crude and coarse and uh, sexually promiscuous uh, or hungry and randy and all of these other things that, you know, make us pretty uncomfortable and even today make us uncomfortable. I mean, there's so much in the Me Too movement that is complicated um, around agency with women, um, that, you know, kind of gets glossed and a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's a way in which we're really bad at talking about, um, the fact that women want things, um, oftentimes as, as crudely as men want them. And Betty White played with that and made it funny and, you know, subverted those expectations over time. Um, And that probably had something to do with her staying power, her career. Um, You know, the, uh, one of the last SNL skits she did, you know, she was basically um, a convict in like a kind of a scared straight uh, mock skit. Um, where she, you know, she plays the convict coming in to like scare these kids. And again, it's the same thing, you know, sweet, you know, little old woman, Betty White actually is, you know, a hardened criminal. Um, and you know, it's reliably, it's not really that funny, but it's reliably amusing. And, um, and she certainly have seen her in other funny stuff. 
Um, and the fact that she was able to play that similar role for 70, 80 years tells us, I think, something pretty insightful about who we are as a people um, and how the kind of roles that we've um, or the kind of ways, let me not say roles, the, the ways that we are, um, we struggle with dealing uh, with our cruder, more animalistic, uh, less polite, uh, less politic aspects of who we are. Uh, and Betty White was just great and funny at, uh, at kind of fondling that. Um, and and showing us what kind of play could be had with that. Um, sorry she didn't make it to her hundredth birthday, um, and um, was happy to have been able to see uh, some of her funnier work. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Hello, hello, hello. This is Seth Rodney, and I'm speaking to you for our note. Uh, the first week of the new year, 2022, on our podcast, The American Age. I am glad to be talking today about the comedian and actress Betty White. It'll be a pretty short note, because I just have really only one anecdote to share, which uh, my research turns out to show wasn't something that actually was said by Betty White when she was alive. So I remember her super well, not from the myriad um, game shows and TV shows she was on, although I did like the Golden Girls, and I remember watching that quite a bit when I was in my late teens, um, maybe early 20s. I know her or I remember her best for saying the following, quote, why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. The first time I heard that, unquote, the first time I heard that, I thought it was hilarious. And I want to say, and you know, memory's tricky. I want to say that I saw Betty White on some show that does kind of snippets or um, quick takes. I don't remember. I want to say it was something like college humor. But in looking this up, I ran across this Guardian article titled Betty White, TV's Golden Girl on 63 Years in Show Business, written by Michael Craig back in the 9th of November, 2012, and she says that she would have never said that. Quote, that's what I hate about Facebook and the internet, she says. Quote, they can say you said anything. I never would have said that. I never, I'd never say that in a million years, unquote. So it is what it is. Memories does play tricks on me sometimes. And I seem to recall seeing and hearing Betty White say this at some point, and apparently she never did. At least she disavows that. But what I love about 
the idea of her saying that is that it is consistent with the story of Betty White being quite the liberated woman who developed her own TV show for herself in the 50s when that just really wasn't done. And apparently hired a black man uh, when that also wasn't done uh, 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 to have a significant part on that show. I forget... I just read the anecdote a second ago, but I think it was something like he was a performer, dancer, and he had to deal with some backlash because that was one of the first times that people saw a man of color on, I think it was, primetime show. I really appreciate that about her. It feels like she was a genuinely... Not fair, but maybe egalitarian, maybe wise, brave human being. And she will be very much missed. And I still think that that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard, and I agree with it. Vaginas really can take a pounding. And with that, I say goodbye, Betty White. I appreciated your presence on the planet and I hope that when I go I will leave as many people caring about the life that I had lived and willing to talk about it. Thank you. <laughs>